1: Promo code OKSIS15, O-K-A-Y-S-I-S-1-5.
0: Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self-care, you deserve it. Lovely co host and sister here with me,
1: Scoutala. Oh my gosh, you've never like called me your co host. I guess we're co hosts. Like, not only are we sisters, but we're co hosts, which things can get dangerous when you put those two titles together in our relationship
0: very dangerous but you know what we're sisters first co-host second i think that's the order of operations
1: here oh well glad to hear that you put our sisterly relationship before our podcast relationship that makes me feel very warm inside um so i have amazing news because uh if you know mads and myself we are big one tree hill fans oth Um, In high school, we used to watch One Tree Hill and I would like record it on TiVo. Shout out to TiVo and um, write down all the incredibly emo and poetic quotes uh, from the episode. Um, But... Oh my God, we were
0: were so emo. We were so emo and we would just like... I, I remember I rewatched because I first was introduced to Wendry Hill through you, but then I rewatched the whole series over a winter break with my best friend, Snoob Noah, and we would just. I mean, we were just writing lyrics
1: and poetry. Like, who were we when we were in sixth grade? Also, I would like to point out that I was the emo one and you were just copying me. I think that I was the, you know.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
1: So anyways, I have amazing news for OTH alums like ourselves. And I feel really on the Pulse Mads because I know about this show before it comes out. But this week, James Lafferty and Stephen Coletti, who were in One Tree Hill, are coming out with their own TV show called Everyone Is Doing Great on Hulu.
0: I mean, we would love to see that pairing back together. It'll just be so nostalgic to watch them, and now in a streaming format. No need for Tebow.
1: No need for Tebow. And like James Lafferty, you know, during One Tree Hill, you know, he was like very good looking. We all loved him, but I feel like he didn't necessarily get the the credit that he deserves as like an actor, a good looking man. I feel like it always went to Chad, Michael Murray. Oh gosh. I mean, both of them were just drool drool. Yeah. So that's uh, what I'm going to be doing this week. I'm going to be, uh, binging the shit out of this one because I just feel like my 16 year old self owes it to herself to consume this content.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I am feeling very peaceful at the moment. Um, there's like a balance within me. I spent the whole morning binge reading, which I have not done in, in a long time. As I mentioned on a previous episode, I have transitioned back to physical books. And what a delight it is. I didn't check my phone until 1.30 today, which is unheard of. I mean, it is a Saturday that we're recording this. But there was something so freeing about being away from screens, just like devouring this one book it's called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett which I'm which is my current fixation so I'll I'll speak about it um in that segment but yeah I I highly recommend if you haven't just cracked open a book had a cup of coffee next to you and snuggled in your bed on a Saturday I I I just I would I would like people to to take that into consideration as a plan for your weekend
1: Also, I've been doing the same thing where I put my phone away for hours and hours on end. I didn't look at my phone today until like 1130. Um, It is one of the most soothing things you can do for your soul. I mean, not looking at screens is a different thing, but not looking at your phone where you're getting notifications and stimuli and Instagram this and Instagram that. Like, It just reminds you that you exist beyond these notifications. It's so true.
0: I felt, like, tethered from this outside world, but, like, not mad about it. It f- it felt like I was in my own little bubble without the just Im- imprints of everyone else's lives that I would have been watching if I were just, you know, doom scrolling. But something about it, just coming back to yourself and grounding yourself, which I think, you know, this the theme of this episode is going to be how to sit in discomfort and, I mean what is a better way than putting away your phone and like getting back to a physical book?
1: Yeah. And since you mentioned the book you're talking about and gave us a little, a little foreshadow into what your uh, current fixation is, why don't you, why don't you start us off Mads? Why don't you tell us a little bit more about this book you're reading?
0: Oh my God. How,
1: how that is just so elegant of you
0: to give me the first current fixation slot. Thank you. Um, I'm really honored. So this book is called The Vanishing Half by Brit Bennett. It was like the top book of 2020. I think it was on every single list that I was reading. Everyone was reading this book. Um, but to give you a little synopsis, it's about these two light-skinned black women, it, twins, actually, growing up in this very small town in the South. And They decide to kind of run away from their childhood to live in New Orleans. And one of them, uh, well, both of them are white passing, but one of them actually gets a job where people think that she's white and then she runs off to be with this white man and essentially live life as a white woman. Her whole life it's been kind of a lie. She has a child that's white and she's living in Los Angeles, very rich, while the other woman, the other twin, Uh, Marries a very black man and has a black child and it's just these the inner workings of how they reunite and how the children um, come to meet. It is haunting and beautiful and just obviously uh, a conversation about race and growing up and how you know how people treat you differently of course with white privilege versus uh, growing up black and it is. I mean, it's phenomenal. I devoured it in two days. I couldn't put it down. And when you get a book like this where you where you couldn't you can't put it down, there is nothing better. I highly recommend everyone read it. it is obviously very thought provoking, but then just beautifully written. And there's a lot of I mean, it's a little suspenseful in some sometimes so um, highly, highly. I, I don't know how many time I, times I could say highly recommend on this episode, but uh, if you're looking for a new book, it's a good one.
1: Yeah, that's actually showed up in my um, book app library a lot, and I it's I put it on my to-read list. So, um, I'll, you know, I've been finding lately that I can't read too many fiction books back-to-back because I've been reading so many nonfiction books on topics that super, you know, ignite me and excite me and I want to learn about, and so I kind of viewed my attitude towards reading as, Yes, unplugging and spending time with myself, but also really diving deep into spirituality, into personal development, um, kind of that whole genre there. And so I read a fiction book every now and then when I just need a break from that information or when I'm consuming too much and I need to let it kind of ruminate and integrate into my life. So. Right now, I am reading a fiction book, but I it, it is that book is a hundred percent on my list. I've seen it everywhere, and to hear that it was a page turner for you is um, all of the uh, all of the convincing I
0: need. I know I'm a bo- I'm I'm still in pursuit of becoming a book influencer. That is like my biggest dream in life so thank you for letting me um fulfill out that dream
1: oh also uh sahara rose's book is out um discover your dharma i think it's called mads we should read it together and then maybe do a little episode on dharma which uh, means your purpose okay let's let's ease into it i'm still in the lacey phillips arena let me let me ease into it okay sorry i'll uh, pump the brakes a little bit on uh peer pressuring you into the spiritual world okay sisters let's talk about hair shedding does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding since having kids have you started seeing a little more of your scalp hi i've been there when it comes to thinning hair there are many root causes at play and neutrophil addresses them through a multi-targeted whole body approach After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol
0: clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean, 86%
1: is a lot of women. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutriful.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutriful is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutriful.com and enter the promo code OKSIS.
0: Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutriful for healthier hair. Nutriful.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, .com, promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code OKSIS.
1: Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use, and clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be
0: talking about whimsy and row, Right. Whimsy and Row is an L.A. grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens.
1: O-K-A-Y-S-I-S.
0: Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about.
1: Um. Okay, so my current fixation, and I've kind of touched on this before, um, but last time it was a tea brand. This time it is just the ritual of drinking tea. Um, it's something that I started integrating into my life when I started cutting down my caffeine intake. So I used to drink two cups of coffee in the morning, Um, and then I would have like an iced coffee with a shot of espresso in the afternoon. And so I started easing out of that and to kind of replace that afternoon drink, I would drink green tea and like, look, green tea caffeinated wise, at least the ones that I'm purchasing are not, they don't really pack a punch, but it was just replacing the ritual with a different Beverage ritual, and I fell in love with how purposeful and nourishing a cup of tea feels. I have never been a tea girl, I've never drinking tea, and so now I have like tea is just is just integrated into my schedule. So I have my afternoon tea and then I have a tea before I go to bed every single night. So I will like make my tea at night with sleepy time tea and some honey. And then I'll do my skincare routine, come back with my husband, watch something on TV, drink my tea and then go to bed. But with my afternoon tea, which is green tea, I always put lemon and apple cider vinegar and some turmeric into it. So making it like a really detoxifying cleansing beverage as well, not just like hot water in a tea bag. So it's been sort of, I don't know why, but it's been for me the pinnacle of kind of jumping into wellness and figuring out what foods are uh, beneficial for what. So obviously like lemon is super detoxifying as well as apple cider vinegar. Um, And then I started like, with that in mind, I viewed tea as something that was nourishing not only my soul and my mood, but also my body, which then started propelling me towards like, oh, what other foods have benefits and how can I implement them into my daily life? So tea has been this grounding ritual for me every day, but it's also been this catalyst for starting to like I'm by no means an expert and can't even speak perfectly on it which so I'm not going to but starting to think about like I eat a lot of chickpeas and I was like what what benefit do chickpeas have right so it's been it's been like a nice little catalyst into that but I highly recommend if you need just like a moment in the day to nourish and regroup a cup of tea with lemon apple cider vinegar and turmeric is a great little addition to your day I love that I mean I'm a I'm a tea stan.
0: I would I would say. I mean, the soothing nature, and again, as you mentioned, like this like habitualness that happens when you're making tea, when you're brewing it, when you're. When you're, you know, pouring it and steeping it, there's, there is this like process within it. So I drink this dandelion root tea. It's supposed to help a lot with bloating and digestion, and it's a really detoxifying tea as well. There's also one that I have um, that has blackberry in it because apparently that's also an ingredient to alleviate bloating, which uh, everyone knows. And I'm a bloated, bloated queen over here. So anything, anything helps, and tea, tea definitely settles the stomach.
1: Yeah, so I think that's a great segment into our next conversation or the meat of the episode, as we like to say here at OKCIS, which is about how to sit in the discomfort. So obviously, 2020 was a really big emotional and personal development um, growth opportunity for all involved, all present on the planet. Um, But Mads and I really started getting into this topic separately after our conversation, our interview with Tina Marie Clark. Um, who really introduced us to this idea of sitting in the discomfort, Um, and since then uh, we've kind of been trying it out, and, and I'm really excited to have a conversation on this podcast with Mads because we actually haven't really talked about our separate experiences sitting in the discomfort and how that's helped us move through uncomfortable situations, so Mads, why don't you Um, I know you've told the story before about how you would always try to like drive away negative emotions and you were always the happy one out of the two of us. And you felt like you had to maintain like this level of happiness and like, I'm good all the time. But why don't you kind of uh, kind of summarize that for us and talk a little bit about how you sit through the discomfort?
0: Yeah. So as Scout mentioned, growing up, I was the one without a mental illness. Scout has bipolar disorder. Hi, if you're new here. (laughs) Um, And, you know, growing up, I was always expected to be the one that brought, like, comedic relief, I think, to our family and brought, like, levity uh, because Scout was always, like, doomsday. I'm I'm joking, but kind of. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that then conditioned me as I grew up to think that negative emotions were just that negative right uh that sadness or anger or frustration or stress or struggle all these like quote unquote negative emotions um were bad and then i labeled them as such and did everything in my power to t- to try to fix them or turn them around which um would put like a bandaid on the situation but then usually things would bubble up to the surface um you know every so often and i would Burst into, you know, a, just like a huge rage, if if you will. Um, so what I've learned is that by by labeling those emotions as as negative with negative connotations, we then view them as these like evils that happen in our life whereas they're actually tools and they're actually there to teach us and it's usually out of pain and suffering that we grow and that there are opportunities for us to progress and flourish and learn things about ourselves which I never really approached them in that way and I think in 2020 I started to approach them in that way whereas when negative emotions arise now you know my first thought uh, of course because I've you know, I've had 26 years of practice of this is like, okay, what do I make to feel better? Okay, let me soothe myself. Let me get back to homeostasis. Whereas now I kind of be like, okay, wait, let's, uh, let's take a moment of awareness. This is a shitty thing that's happening to me right now. I'm feeling very shitty. Okay, great. We labeled it. We're done now. What does it feel like to just linger in it? Um, feels uncomfortable. Okay. But let's sit in that. Like, what am I – what is this trying to teach me? What am I trying to learn? And maybe it doesn't come right away. And that's what Tina Marie Clark had mentioned is, like, sitting in the discomfort for 24 hours. Like, you probably will need to sit in it for more than five minutes, which, look, it's not <laughs> – it's discomfort. It's not fun. So really being honest with yourself, sitting in it, and, you know, something that's been – um tricky for me is that like what if this happens and I would love to hear your your thoughts on this scouts like what if this happens in the middle of a work day and not all of us have the luxury of just kind of like taking off work and not doing what you know the tasks that we have uh, to get accomplished of the day so that's kind of been a tricky one for me is because usually these moments of discomfort come as a result of career of work triggers of things that you know are happening within work uh, which I think a lot of people feel some discomfort when 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 stressful times are happening at work, so like, what do we do in a workday when you when you really don't have the option to stop and lay in your bed and you know take a couple hours to yourself? Um, you know that's something that I'm still navigating and trying to figure out what works for me. But basically, the the immediate. Process is okay. This is happening. Awareness. Let me take a step back. Let me take a few deep breaths. I put on like some essential oils. Uh, I've mentioned this brand before, Campo. It's this like bergamot, sandalwood essential oil that is. I mean, just smells like a lilabo threw up all over your body. It feels amazing, and it's a very energizing, uh, energizing scent. I I think it's what it's called. So I breathe it in, and it kind of like re it kind of like just all the thoughts vanish from my head and it recenters me. And I try not to fight it. Right. That's the trickiest part is that, again, I'm conditioned to fight it. But what what would it look like if I just could continue throughout my day, continue through meetings? And I was sad and I wasn't operating at 100 percent. You know, it's it's fine and I think that's that's also a tricky thing for me is like oh fuck I have to cancel all my meetings because I'm not going to be a hundred percent or I have to stop doing But like what does it mean just to go through your day with a little sadness with a little heaviness like it's really not you don't have to be moving through with this like a hundred percent efficiency um, but I don't know that that's kind of where I'm at, what, what do you feel, Scout? when, when, when it happens in the middle of a workday and I mean, you work for yourself, so it's a little different, but what do we recommend to people if like really you cannot take a couple hours?
1: Yeah. So, so many thoughts. First of all, thank you for sharing all that. I really, really do love what you just said. Um, I think that, let me start with my relationship to sitting in the discomfort and, and what I do because, I don't necessarily need 24 hours. I've actually gotten it down to just a few minutes, uh, 15 minutes here, what, um, what have you. Um, and I think that the key key component to sitting in the uncomfortableness or discomfort is acceptance. So I technically, if you want to talk about semantics, um, with my bipolar disorder, I was fucking great at sitting in the discomfort, right? Like that was my jam. So, and now that I think about that, I think there's a difference between dwelling in discomfort and sitting in discomfort. So up until this year, I would dwell in my depression, my anxiety, my sadness. I wouldn't do things to escape, but rather I would step into it and like get a cozy seat and, you know, watch the depression movie. Uh, So in that sense, I was definitely sitting in it, but I my motives were different or my mental processes and, the, and my relationship to those emotions were different. So instead of sitting in the discomfort in a way to show yourself that you're safe, that you can handle it and that you accept it, I was sitting in it to go further and further and further and further um, until I had no way out. So now my relationship to sitting in the discomfort is actually just, yes, there is a component to just stopping um, but for me, I think, especially if you, if you have work or you're, cause you know, even if, even if I do work for myself, like I could be out to lunch with my dad uh, or, you know, whatever it is, the, the world demands things of us and we have plans. So, um, for me personally, when I feel an uncomfortable emotion right now, I'll stop what I'm doing. Um, if I'm in a meeting, that doesn't mean right then I'll wait till the meeting's done, but just stopping what you're doing and, and putting your phone away and just sitting down and taking a few deep breaths and closing your eyes and just saying, I accept that I am here and this is where I am right now. Um, I think that oftentimes the suffering from the pain that we feel comes from our judgment of the pain. So if we feel, for example, I'm in Idaho right now um, on a beautiful trip. Um, in the middle of nature with some friends and traveling has always been a really big trigger for me. Um, I'm sure Mads remembers a lot of trips where such as Paris where I uh, suffered from a lot of ang- public anxiety attacks. and um, so traveling's always been always been a trigger for me. So as I'm here, there is a lot of anxiety coming up. Um, for me, I'm out of my routine. I am in environments I'm not usually in, such as the snow, and I, I know it sounds really, really nuanced, but truly traveling for those with mental illnesses is a really big, really big trigger. And so in I've been experiencing a lot of anxiety. And so what I do is sit in that anxiety and say, okay, it's here, but I don't judge it. and I don't catastrophize it. I think that, we all experience pain but it's our decision if we want to add on a layer of suffering towards that pain so for me sitting in the discomfort is just is just this moment of accepting that this is where you're at right now so if you don't have 2 hours to just sit in it or stop what you're doing i don't necessarily think it needs to be this grand like blocking out schedule to sit in discomfort or else all we would be doing is retreating to our room and spending hours sitting in discomfort I think it's mostly just about stopping, being aware, as you said, Mads, accepting and not judging that you're there and just having an internal dialogue with yourself, five, 10, 10 minutes, go to the bathroom real quick, wait for your 15 minute break, wait for your lunch break and just sit there and say, okay, this is what I'm feeling right now and I don't need to be feeling any other way. It's okay that I'm sad today. Um, This expectation that we need to be, um, functioning and outputting at 100% capacity all the time is completely ridiculous and completely you can't you can't achieve that. So I think for me, the component that really helps me move through it is to not judge it and to accept it because then that diffuses the chaos and panic that you used to have mads that I have as well that's like, oh shit, oh shit, am I going down this road? I don't want to have a bad day. Da-da-na-na. But when you can really accept and and not judge yourself and say like this is totally normal and I don't – when you release the pressure of needing to be 100% every day, you can be a little sad one day and know that you're okay and that it'll pass.
0: Yeah. what Something you brought up reminds me of a point that was really resonant with me when I was reading uh, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. She said pain and suffering – are not the same things. And I think we group them together um, quite often. I mean, it's like a saying, pain and suffering. It kind of is like one and the same, but they're actually very different um, occurrences and emotions. Pain is inevitable. Every person will experience pain. You're not exempt from experiencing pain, but the suffering as a result is a choice that you put on yourself. So yes, we can experience those moments of pain, but are you suffering unnecessarily? And I think I am, I think I do. It's like a self-sabotage thing that I, I, I'm sure everyone listening to this relates. It's, it's that suffering. It's something it's, I think it's as a result of the, the judgment that comes with it. And it, then it's a spiraling, right? It's like, oh, fuck, I don't want to have this bad day. Oh, my God. Well, how do I change this? How do I become happy again? Oh, no, I'm suffering more. Oh, no, don't suffer. anymore. It's like this constant loop. And I just, I did realize when I read that um, breakdown from the book is that I definitely suffer too much. And it's, I, I put so much, I choose suffering time and time again. And I'm trying to think of how in those moments I can choose to suffer less. Um, I think, yes, it's definitely acceptance, which you mentioned is something in 2020 that I've learned a lot about. Um, It's acceptance. It's, you know, maybe retreating to your like the other day. I was really, really sad and I just kind of laid in my bed, no phone, just kind of. You know, I, I wasn't at the point of tears, but it was just this, like, hollowness that I was feeling and just even taking a few minutes to, to lay lay down, and that's, you know, also the privilege of being able to work from the safety of my own home with, you know, a cozy bed nearby, and that reset me. And it, it's amazing how much just, just a moment to yourself can do, um, and then it's just... Being kind to yourself, being gentle, being forgiving—I think—is a really big one as well. And just saying, like, "Look, you feel this way. All right, let's let's try to let's write down, you know, the things that are really necessary to get done today. And then, if you can't if you can't get to the rest, let's leave it to tomorrow. And lo and behold, tomorrow is a better day. And then you get more accomplished. But again, you're not. You're not judging yourself for not getting something accomplished on that day that you were feeling on, you know, uneasy.
1: Yeah. Or tomorrow's not a better day, right? Like tomorrow could be worse than today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this, I think that what, what helps me so much in the discomfort is that I have come to this complete core belief that I am safe in my emotions and that I can get through them. So there's no need for me to go into like fight or flight survival mode when I feel anxious, sad, whatever it might be, because I've developed this, this intense foundation, which I like to visualize as my root chakra, um, that's completely foundational. So I know that even when I feel this way, like I got me, like I'm good. How many? Like, think about it. How many sad, terrible, depressing days have you survived? every single one of them, because you're listening to this. So if you've survived all of that terrible shit, which I know we, all of our trauma is totally different, but completely valid, no matter like what kind of spectrum there is, which there shouldn't even be a fucking spectrum on pain and trauma, but you've survived it. Like you did and you're here. So next time you feel that way, you tell yourself like, oh, I've done this before. And so for me, and then once you get to that point, you release the fear of the next bad day. So I'm not really scared of the next bad day because, quite frankly, I've fucking gone through a lot of them with my depression and bipolar and all of that. And so once you can get to that point where, like, you really believe in yourself that you can hold yourself through that... um, you can start then not being afraid of the bad days and, and not just saying like, oh, tomorrow will be better because it might not be, but being okay with the fact that it might not be. And knowing that one of these days is gonna be better, but not putting like a control or a timeline. Like for me, whenever, like I've been really, really sad and anxious this week. Um, I'm traveling, as I said, that was like kind of a trigger for me. The fucking capital was stormed, which is a whole situation. And I found out, On Thursday that two of my huge, huge, huge life goals did not come to fruition on Thursday. And I found out the news one after the other, which really made me sad. Um, And I noticed today that I was like, okay, you know, with my friend Ann, who's here, I'm like, let's do Pilates and let's go for a walk and I need my tea and I'm going to journal. And, you know, I was like, let me implement all my tools, but I was doing it in such a desperate, like, like, come on, we got to do all the tools and move this energy and get better. Um, And then I was, I realized, I was like, oh, um, I'm totally spiritually bypassing this. And I'm totally doing that thing where I just want to get out of the uncomfortable. And I'm not trusting that God wants me here for however long that God needs me to be here. Um, And then Mads was like, what do you want to talk about today? And like selfishly, I chose this topic because I knew I had to talk it out with you. Um, So, I think that awareness of like, or that balance between sitting and like doing stuff.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's something that I still am struggling with and that I don't know the answer for is like, we have all these rituals and tools and self-care and, and, you know, taking time for yourself and and this and tea and, and meditation. But it's like, isn't that just self-soothing? Like, isn't that just putting a band-aid on it and not sitting in the discomfort? So it's like, I go back and forth between this where it's, it's like, okay, we are, we're in like agony. Shouldn't we alleviate some of the agony, but is alleviating the agony by putting, by putting on a meditation, therefore not fully embracing the agony and the discomfort. So it's like this weird balance where yes you run to the rituals to get yourself out of it but isn't that what we're saying that we're supposed to not get ourselves out of it immediately
1: and just wallow I don't know it's like I don't really have the answers and here's my perspective on it because so much about personal development and spirituality is being able to hold paradoxes in your brain which is very confusing but for my opinion like if you're in a state of discomfort First, sit, acknowledge, accept, and like be self-aware. And then the rituals and tools that you have, that's just to send yourself, like go into it with this intention of like, this is just to support me, to send myself more love and to nourish me. I'm not doing this with the intent that this will get rid of this negative emotion. So like today I was doing that, right? I was like, if I just do Pilates, like I'll feel better because of endorphins. Um, Instead, if I went into Pilates saying like, yeah, you know, I need some extra support today. So I'm going to do this as as a way to love myself and not putting pressure on that ritual or tool to completely alleviate your negative pain. I think that's the differentiating key there.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think that's that's definitely a better way of approaching it is like a support system or a supporting tool. Um something that you're you know, you're going into a little, little bit of like curiosity and a little bit of um Yeah, a little bit of, of, of support. I think that's a really, really great approach to it rather than like, okay, let me fix this. Let me get back to the happiness or the good mood, you know, it's just, we need to stop. We need to normalize bad moods. We need to normalize sadness. Like it's just, it's too much to keep thinking that they are bad. It's not bad. It's okay to be feeling these ways. And, and I love what you said earlier, Scout, about, Surviving all of your hardest days. I mean, I know we've seen it all on the cute, you know, Instagram graphic. We've seen it. You've survived 100% of your bad days. But it's so true. It sh- it showcases your resilience. And it's such an important reminder that, as Glennon Doyle said, we can do hard things. And I keep coming back to that just such simple phrase, um, when a hard thing right a, a, a right, like comes into my path. I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that because I can do hard things. It's just a really um, important shift in your mindset rather than like if a hard thing comes, you're you're shut down and trying to scramble to get back. It's like, oh no, let me, let me like lean into it, let me walk through it, walk through the fire and not just run away from it. I think that's and I look, our society, like like I had the misfortune of being conditioned this way, a lot of people have as well because society deems negative emotions as negative and as bad, and we need to rewrite that. We need to relearn it.
1: Yeah, I think we should just from now on, instead of saying negative emotions, just call them uncomfortable emotions because I think that's yeah, so much better sure. of, a, of a thing. But also in this conversation, like before we wrap up, I want I want everyone to know that maybe like they're listening and they're like, okay, I'll remember that for my next, you know, hard day or what it might be. Or maybe um, I feel like we're both kind of sad today. So apologize. No, no, I don't apologize for that energy, but um, sorry. Now I'm apologizing for saying sorry. No
0: apologizing for the sadness. Sorry. No apologizing oh, Jesus. for the sadness. I just apologized again.
1: Um, I think that there's a lot that can be done preventatively to help support yourself so that once you do uncover or meet challenges, um, you know, Mads has always joked that, or we've both joked that I'm not a worker outer, but, um, lately I've actually now for a month been moving my body consistently. Um, and for me, it was because I found, I actually found the, the workouts that worked for me. Um, and they're not intensive as Mad says, I don't do them because I'm trying to look a certain way. Um, but really don't underestimate the, how far, moving your body in a light way every day goes, eating right foods, the right healthy foods on a daily basis. That doesn't mean it has to be all the time, but making sure like the bulk of your food is healthy um, and taking care of your morning and night routines, as well as just like these little rituals that help you, you know, those things are going to keep you grounded when shit hits the fan sometimes. And so even though we talk about, like, this is what you do when you get to this point, um, don't forget that there's so many things that we should be doing on a daily basis that nourish and support us and grow our trust muscle and our ability to take care of ourselves even when days are good.
0: I couldn't have said it better myself, sister. Thank you. This was such an illuminating conversation, and I think it has furthered my belief that being uncomfy and uncomfortable is okay.
1: Are you going to wear jeans now because um, jeans are uncomfy?
0: Nope.
1: Nope. Not going that (laughs) far. (sighs) Okay. Well, I tried.
0: It's almost been one year since I have been wearing a perpetual sweatsuit it's been one year one year of sweatsuit mads
1: yeah yeah um I don't know I'm a little concerned but it's okay we'll 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 run with it um okay sisters as always thank you so much for tuning in and listening um if you like this episode or you know someone that really needs to hear this right now please text us to a friend And, of course, rate and review. And if you've made it this far in the episode, you should know that next episode we have some super, super big news. But if you join our secret Facebook group, OK Sisters, you'll hear about it first. And
0: also, I would like an honorable mention for our new TikTok account. Everyone knows that I'm a TikTok influencer, LOL, um, on my own. But I just thought that OK Sis needs its own corner of TikTok. We need to be producing content um and and I felt a little FOMO for not having a podcast account. So, I have created one. It's called OkaySis Podcast. Go follow it for silliness and um we hope to see you there. Yay, we love you. Love you.